Anyways, yeah, I uh, let's just start because I want to get high and watch Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jax McDonald. With me, as always. What's up? It's Vyas Saran. Hey, folks, where do you want the parade? <laughs> I'm thinking like I'm thinking we run from Scott in 72nd, do a big thing there on top of the buses and then, you know, the ride up uh Patolo, you know, maybe maybe push Brandon Sutter off a, of, you know, what, uh, right, right up Kingsway, do the viaduct thing, do a loop, and, you know, end up at Paquin Way. What do you guys think? First time caller. First time, long time. Sounds good. And I'm Elliot Hoyt. <laughs> My thoughts on that are, one, who cares about the parade? I want to know where the riot is. <laughs> two, um, having a parade during a pandemic might be a problem. <laughs> I was thinking about this on the ride over, and I was like, uh, I would go to the parade. I I would yeah, like. I, know. <laughs> like, I, I would, would probably go. I think I probably wouldn't this year for like very specific reasons that we'll get into. But yeah. under normal circumstances, I probably would. I did think it was funny that um, Audrey and Christina uh, both like they mentioned this, yeah. wi- like which cities would have the most like potential super spread events at a parade <laughs> as considerations for like who they should root for in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, that was very That's funny. Awesome. I, I just want to add, I really think it's a miss. It's a missed opportunity or it's an open opportunity for like a VR company in Vancouver or one of those, like, like in that the economy <sighs> of like ax throwing venues as parties. <laughs> yeah. Should- the ax throwing venue economy. <laughs> there should be a place where you go and you instead of instead of play paintball inside a warehouse you do the riot you get yeah. you get jacked up over over the game before and and you cosplay the riot i think it'd be a great idea personally like i would rather t- like yeah turn smash that- rooms yeah so it's basically just like a canucks themed smash room yeah, really, we're just going to wear our jerseys and go to the Smash Rooms. Honestly, like I, I personally <laughs> think it is more productive to turn that onto a Best Buy than onto just a bunch of random stuff. So I honestly I, I, I think uh, the, the current uh, paradigm of rioting is totally fine, and uh, I'm happy <laughs> with it. But, but honestly, broken, we, should, we, should start with the, you know, we should start with the biggest piece of Canucks news. Which, Which is, is that, that Canucks alumni Brad Richardson scored an overtime winning goal <laughs> to propel the Arizona Coyotes into sorry the Phoenix Coyotes. Which way is this going? Arizona, Arizona Coyotes it's now. The Arizona Coyotes yeah. over the Nashville Predators for their matchup against the Colorado Avalanche, featuring the Calder winner, the Calder runner-up, Kale McCarr. Uh, I respect. I respect that uh, misdirect, Elliot. But uh, what I was going no. to say is that the biggest piece of Canucks-related news is that former Canucks coach, John Tortorella, <laughs> is back in the playoffs, baby. He got that his, rock receiver bump. His lunch bucket, Columbus Blue Jackets, defeated the uh, nerdcore hip-hop, the NHL equivalent of a nerdcore hip-hop group, <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, 3 nothing in Game 5. Moving on to face the Lightning <laughs> in Round 1. Oh, that's sick, which yeah. <clears throat> And they rocks. don't have Stamkos and Hedman, right? Uh, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, that's, also, I've been paying attention to the West, but I haven't really yeah. been paying to the East, East at all, except for Toronto Columbus. They, so. And they also don't have locker room guy, JT Miller. <laughs> of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, man, it's going to be so funny if the, if the Tampa Bay Lightning lose and the Canucks advance, like it, it, at this point, you really just have to embrace, uh, 
chaos and stupidity because none of this makes any sense. But look, uh, the last time the Canucks advanced and the Tampa Bay Lightning lost, uh, the city got set on fire. That's true. Yeah, I'm in favor of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so how are you guys feeling? I, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this right now and you don't live under a rock, you know that the Canucks did it. They advanced against the Minnesota Wild, beating them in four games, um, including a pretty convincing win in game four to to put them over the edge. Um, how do you guys feel? I'm fully on board this team now. Like, Hell yeah, dude. I know I've been skeptical in the past, and I think I do have skepticism about this team's long-term outlook. But if this this team could do something, like it could win the next series. I've removed the word and, skeptic from my vocabulary. Yeah. Vios is just like, this team's a contender. I'm like, this team might accidentally win around. <laughs> or two. So, or three. So Vias, this is your this is your <clears throat> moment. Dude, I have so much to say. I feel like a little kid again. I'm like I remember one thing I really loved was uh was like those post game all nighter call in shows that have been happening. Uh, and I will only listen to TSN ten forty, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I just listen to them all the time. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Between play by play to uh, to listen to him. But just like that magical feeling of like after an amazing game, you're so happy. Uh, you're thinking about highlights, and then you're just listening to all these like absolutely like ridiculous fans giving their takes about who like how far the Canucks are going to go, uh, who the MVP of the game was, um, and fighting over Tyler Myers. Like I just had this big smile on my face. I was like, ah, I feel like a little kid again. And you know what, guys? I think. I think I know who the missing player was, or the the missing piece was here that put the Canucks over. It was Ole Ulevi. <laughs> now, dis- so despite limited minutes, the young defense, the young blue liner, he was on for five SATF, which stands for on ice shot attempts and only two <laughs> shots against, and that's from a stat called SATA. Give <clears throat> <clears throat> Oh. This is this is better known uh, as uh, Corsi for and Corsi uh, against. Just uh, yeah, th- yeah, in the future. Yeah, yeah, you read the notes that I sent you. Perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> after that, you look at his Corsi, the CF percentage. Elliot, that one's called Corsi, uh, <laughs> and he got seventy one point four. Which, if you go back like thirty episodes, where one of you explained that to me, that is above fifty. Specifically, twenty one point four above fifty. So pretty impressive for his first game. And I can see all your eyebrows raising and your head's nodding. Exactly, yeah. Mm, yeah. And not okay. Not only that, that places him in the top three of the Canucks behind Besser <laughs> and Edler at seventy-seven and seventy-six, respectively. For, oh man, for that, for that stat that, that I just said that I remember. Uh, pretty good stuff for a young blue liner in his first game, uh, and now his relative Corsi. <laughs> get this, guys. Sixteen point six. Relative Corsi, you heard about this, guys? <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> pretty good. And my and, and Myers had Myers had negative zero point one, and he sucks shit. So that <laughs> just tells you, you will he's doing great. I would have the but and I would have the war rating for you guys, but I'm still pouring over the numbers. I'm like just blowing my. Mind. Also, we're just an anti-war podcast, so we can't cite that number. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So on <laughs> on that tip, uh, specifically what Elliot said about. Um, like, oh, this team could accidentally win around. Um, I think that something that I'm coming around on and that I've been coming around on since the format was uh, 
was announced is that uh, there's a really big difference between the normal idea of like, okay, how's this team going to do long term? What's their window? How do we determine like if they're getting ready for contention? And just like, okay, playoffs start today and now it's a... we can literally just look at these teams in a vacuum and what they can accomplish over the next two months. Hey, man, and living in the moment is not is not living in a vacuum, all right? <laughs> and I think that basically these specific circumstances really shake down in the Canucks' favor. And so if you're not on the bandwagon now, then, like, what? just what's wrong with you? Like, I, I, I really – I genuinely didn't understand the people who were like, oh, we should lose for a better shot at Lafreniere. It's like – the whole idea that the Canucks are going to like rebuild their way into being better than they are now is like, that's done. Like they're not, they aren't going to yeah. be bad enough to, to like rebuild. And the so, odds are never going to be in our favor. Like, well, well also for, that for, yeah. for me, the more, the more that you're just like, Hey, let's do this. So that can happen. The less it's going to happen. We, we can't, yeah. I, I, I will not put myself through that emotional roller coaster again. It's just, I don't want to hear the words draft lottery. I know it's happening tomorrow. <laughs> I am going to turn my phone off tomorrow. But I, I don't want to talk about that because it's too confusing and dumb. But um, what I no, what I was really gonna, what I was really getting out there is just that like, there's a certain point where you do kind of like, like go ahead and analyze the fact that like Tyler Myers literally like took more penalties than millions of dollars he has paid a year um, <laughs> over the course of this series. Talk about like how Jacob Markstrom was weirdly not that good in this series. Like there's lots of stuff you can point to to be like, well, that doesn't seem good. But like mm-hmm. at this point, if you're not, if you're like actively um, rooting against them for like any reason, unless you're me and you have like, these uh these like weirdly personal grudgy reasons to get yeah them. you're the only person who's allowed to feel this yeah yeah, yeah. um ryan is the other person that like i talked to who and like i respect it ryan was just like i can't wish this team any joy as long as jim betting <laughs> is the general manager and i was like you know what i respect that um but Ultimate. That's uh, Ryan at Verviticus, not uh, Ryan Beach. <laughs> Just so we're clear. <laughs> I'm so tired of Ryan Beach always replying to everything I say with just like the most inane criticism. Uh, yeah. Um, but like, I I do I, I want to so I want to kind of dra- I want to um, walk this really fine line here between like people have a right to get excited and people better get excited and hope for the best right now because like this opportunity that they have here is not going to come back until basically the next time around in my opinion yeah um, this is yeah. the happiest that, it, that i've been as a canucks fan since uh i mean i don't know i don't think i was that hyped up for for 2015 fair for- yeah like yeah, I don't, no, I don't like remember. Like 2015, it was like that season. Though. This is a sunset run. Nothing good's gonna actually happen. But the, I still thought they were gonna be Calgary. See, it's funny yeah. you say that because the 2015 series is burned into my memory in this way as like a watershed moment for me. Um, because that was the season after I started to get really back into hockey, and it was the first season that I really started entertaining writing about it. Mm-hmm. I was really active on right. Reddit. 
I started to write a lot of like self posts about just like stuff that was interesting to me. A lot of sometimes stats stuff, sometimes other stuff. And then right like that off season, I think, um, like right before Brock Besser was drafted, I started writing for one Canuck, Jeremy Davis's blog, right? And I think I can now trace back like that series to the t- the moment I stopped being a fan. Hmm. Um, and and I I had I was having this conversation with Vias before we started recording, but like when Tanev scored the other night, that was the moment that I realized I'm no- I, that I realized for sure that I'm not a fan anymore. But I think if I were to like trace it back to the actual moment that it happened, I had reason to believe in that Canucks team. You know, and it wasn't that I thought they were going to go far, but it was that it was like, no, eh, this team's like, okay, you know, Sidians are having a bounce back year. Verbata's good. Tanov and Edler are really good. You know, like they have two goaltenders who can both play reasonably well. They're fine. They're a fine team. Like they're a, me- they're a mediocre team and mediocre teams can can accomplish things in the playoffs if things shake down right. And then I was starting to get into stats a little bit more and it was like, oh, this Calgary Flames team sucks. Like, they're bad. So, yeah. like, we have a chance here to, like, uh, win around and, like, kind of, you know, it would be nice to see the Sedians like, have a bit more playoff success before they retire, which is obviously going to happen, like, pretty soon. And um, the moment that they lost, and I just saw these, like, Albertan chuds, like, waving bye-bye to the Sedians as, like, a taunt. And I was just like, fuck these, fuck, fuck this. Like, like, like uh, in retrospect, it's, it's just like, yeah, I will never forgive any of this like group for allowing this to be like the last good, like uh, aside from their last uh, home game, which was like amazing uh, and a total like freak accident, basically uh, to like, let this be like the last like good moment of the city and careers is just like losing to a team that they absolutely should have beaten in, um, in round one uh, and like that was your your like um quote retool on the fly like that's what it amounted to was like two playoff wins uh against a team that absolutely sucked shit that they should have beaten that's interesting because i have the opposite take on two of those i had the opposite yeah. reaction to two of those things one oh, yeah, sure. chris tanev scoring two nights yeah. ago brought me back like it re like you said earlier it reified <laughs> me being a fan mm, i i was yeah. back I'm back, baby. Uh, I <clears throat> you can convince me on anything about why this team is going to make it all the way. Like I, I will read every article. I'm back. Uh, but the other thing was when we lost that series, and like it was pretty clear that oh, this team is going to a dark place. Yeah, <laughs> I've been a fan for so long that it was like ah, back to normal. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I do understand. Uh, that. This is. Uh, I remember you, old friend. <laughs> it's but there's a pretty convincing argument that the past. Five years has actually been one of the darkest eras in Canucks history. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It has. It's been the worst the team's ever been. Yeah. We don't, we don't, and people don't talk about that enough. Like, just because we got PD, Hughes, and Besser, like, having, like, oh, we have great things to look forward to. Um, people really forgot that uh, this is the worst it's ever been. Yeah, like I, it does, or at least close to it, you know, close certainly to, yeah. like it's the worst it's been since like the dark ages, you know, which yeah, is like color like, TV, like since know. the since the Canucks became a real hockey team in 1994. It's easily the worst that 
that they've ever been was this last little five year period here. And so um, the 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 reason why, like I look back on that 2015 series with so much irritation is because of sort of just like how I think there's this weird attitude that like everything, everything's going swimmingly, like everything's just it. Benning's master plan has 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 uh, unfolded in perfect fashion because they're back in the playoffs now when it's like, do you know how hard it is to lose to the Minnesota Wild when you have a player as good as Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes on your team? Like, it's kind of again, like, I don't want to I don't want to dwell too much on it. I don't want to take away from what they what they've done, because like there are lots of good things. But um, it is sort of one of those things where it's like. I was speaking to an anonymous uh, employee of an NHL team recently about the Canucks, and he was he was basically like, "So it was a guy, all right." I'm narrowing it down. Um, <laughs> it wasn't Numita. There you go. That's that's how much you can <laughs> narrow it down. Um, and he was saying that uh, that like he was like the the place the Canucks should be at right now is like they're adding Miller and Toffoli to like a solid group of young players and depth free agent signings and getting ready to like possibly win their first Stanley cup. And instead it's like they added those players to a group of like a couple of good young players and a bunch of like really bloated contracts. That's not that good. And like, you know, they might make a little bit of noise, but then it's going to get really ugly after that. And, and like, I tend to agree. Like I think to a certain degree, one thing that almost irritates me about, um, the way people talk about the Canucks as a team is that it, they downplay how good the good players are because like they yes. are where they are because of a few very specific game breakingly good players. Like Elias Pettersson is somehow already underrated in this market <laughs> because everybody's yeah. a, a, like shiny new toy Quinn Hughes. Right. But like Elias Pettersson is so good. And the thing that, was like shocking to me in this series is just like how tough he is yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I was, I never bought into the like, Oh, he only weighs 165 pounds. He's so wimpy huh? thing. Like I never felt that way, but he's just so tough now, now mm-hmm. that he's like grown up a little bit, added some weight and just seeing him like, uh, sticked in the face and then just like punch a guy in the neck. It's like, <laughs> yeah, love, this guy's, I really this kid's love not back his playoff demeanor. Absolutely. I respect it so much. He's one of those players, and like Hughes is also, but Hughes is so, like, not a Canucks player, like, not a prototypical Canucks player. Oh, absolutely. That it's, like, hard to describe it. But uh, sometimes I'd turn on. He's a defenseman that's actually good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I didn't know they were allowed to be. Um, Sometimes you turn on a game that's, like, not a Canucks game, and you see a couple starter players, and they're playing so well, and you just realize. We've never had somebody that skilled in that certain way on the Canucks. And PD like breaks that mold for me. Like he does so many things that I've never seen a Canuck do. Uh, so many little nifty plays that usually it requires two Sedines to pull it off. Um, so <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just a treat to watch him play. And yeah, he hasn't scored like the huge goals uh, we've seen for a while. Um had a nice one in that last game, though. But I do remember that goal being later on to like add to a lead we already had. I don't know how it ended up impacting the game at the end of the day. Totally, but sure. it felt like oh sweet another goal, like another insurance goal or something. So I didn't like put it off as like a oh PD playoff hero kind of thing. Sure, um, yeah, I get that. Which I think is like adds to the list of reasons why people aren't looking to PD as like 
or or they're not they're underrating him right now or yeah. seeing him as more of a quiet presence but like that still fits in um uh but yeah no, no, playoff heroics were from uh chris tanov which actually i want to say is actually indicative of where this team's at where their most valuable depth is the gillis holdovers yeah yeah which is truly bad shit to think about yeah i'm so happy that hot brent sopel like got the game winner there like <laughs> fuck yeah dude yeah um it's funny too like th- this is this is one of the things that i think like i think the thing about the canucks doing well that that makes it like hard to if you're somebody who has their eye on the future and you know what this team is like in in terms of how they manage things and how they handle their their players and all that it, it can be a little hard to not just like see them do well and kind of grimace at everything it's going to mean for the future because like tanev scoring that goal it's like well they're re-signing tanev now you know, should should yeah. they do that? Maybe, maybe not. Like, probably Depends not. Depends on how much he's going to sign for. Um, yeah, exactly. And and there's there's other examples of that too. But I think the biggest one of the biggest ones is just like the better a team does, the more and and like I've kind of forgotten about this because it's been so long since the team the team was any good. But the better a team does, the dumber the shit people will say about that team becomes <laughs> especially because it, it like the all the really well-informed fans are like ride or die they're gonna watch the connection no matter what and so they're gonna have like fairly smart takes on everything but then like you get the you get the normal like dumb guys that are normally milling about but then like you have this new influx of people who like don't watch and just like are like ah i want to talk about hockey you know and so like one so of what you're the saying is that if the Canucks had won in 2015, they would have re-signed Brandon McMillan to a four-year contract. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. Um, and that's was, exactly the kind of move you're worried about this team making. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, I was yeah, going to say, this is how you end up seeing Dave Bolin get like a five-year, $5 exactly. million contract oh, yeah, or whatever sure. the hell that and that's was. One, right? so, and that's why Jay Beagle's on the team. Yeah, and, you don't, and the thing is, <laughs> yes. is that I don't worry. I would not worry about this if I thought the Canucks had a legit shot at the cup, right? Because then, because yeah. at that point, you're like, like who cares if you give everybody dumb deals after you win a cup like it doesn't fucking matter like do whatever you want you want a cup like and especially Mm -hmm. for the canucks where it's like literally if they even win one in my lifetime i will be so like uh, there's a part of me that thinks like if the canucks win the cup i'll just like dust my hands off and be like okay time to do something else (laughs) it was like okay we did it everybody I'm i'm gonna just have this entire part of my life back to do other stuff now um, I'm gonna go back to school and like l- like learn poetry and like but, just try to make that my career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like live a beautiful life. Um, uh, the other uh, the other thing though that that um, that irks me is just like the really dumb um, narratives that that pop up when, in a situation like this. Like people saying um, that one talking point that was going around um, the media and Twitter the other day was like how underrated Chris Tanev is, and I was like, no, not. Like five years ago, yeah, but like now yeah. he's overrated. Like, sorry, it's, like it's I, I hate that. <clears throat> I know overra- me talks saying about players is are overrated has not gone well for me recently in terms of making <laughs> people mad. But like he, you know, like I'm sorry, he has not been that good the last two years. But he's coasted on his reputation of being like mm-hmm. one of the best analytical, like uh, advanced yeah. stats defensemen uh, in the league. That which he was from about 2014 to 2017, 
Yeah. But um, yeah. so so like that's just one example, and there's there's tons, and we'll get to all of them. But like at the same time, I mean, it's you're balancing that against like the fact that it's awesome to finally see Chris Tanev score his first playoff goal. Like, mm-hmm. think about who on this team like <laughs> deserves that more moment more than Chris Tanev. Mm-hmm. Like, just a guy who has been a good player on a bad team for his entire career, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally, I'm not prepared to, like, think about implications because, yeah. I mean, looking back at one of Fair your enough. best tweets ever, Jackson, <laughs> the Uncut Gems, like... Oh, the one that, uh, the one from the other night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really popping off. Uh, that was that great. Night. Yeah. Now, th- and remember, the reason why that ending is so good is because you believed in him winning. Yeah. Not that you were like, ah, he's going to fuck this up somehow. No, not at all. You, you, yeah. you, you had so much fun because you're like, fuck it. Let's go. Let's see what happens. That's where I am right now. Yeah. I get Let it. me get shot in the head later. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe I will, maybe I won't. It uh, all just comes down to like the type of guy you are. Right. Yeah. And this was just like a very defining moment for me of realizing cool. like, okay, no, this is the kind of guy I am. Like, it doesn't matter. I, and I do <laughs> think one day, like, I think one day I'll, I'll, I'll have more faith. And so it'll be different, but like yeah, and like the Kraken I, or something. Not this I, season. <laughs> well, I think it is honestly. I think it does partly just come down to like being given the the horrible gift of sight, where it's just like you you know too much about something, and and you can't like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I guess what I'm basically saying is that <laughs> the Canucks uh, beating the Minnesota Wild has perfectly prepared me for how I'm going to feel when Biden wins the election in November. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I keep this shit separate. See, I was thinking that this team beating the Minnesota Wild actually is a perfect example of how time is a flat circle. And really, it's exactly the last time they played the Wild, simply because it's like they're one and only shot to do something good before all the problems that they've been... <laughs> Uh, staving off barely yes. come crashing yeah. down and so just like last time when they played the wild they wandered in the wilderness for a while and i think that's gonna happen again yeah no i get that, that and honestly like, honestly yeah, won this time i do think well it doesn't but the thing that the thing that uh but it's 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 appropriate though vias because the next team they're gonna play is the st louis blues so the thing that would make the most sense would be for them to go up three nothing against the Blues and then lose in game oh, seven. Oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! History repeats itself. First is my tragedy, first, then is the, farce. The first um, hockey I ever watched was that series. Oh man, yeah. Were you? Do you ever? Uh, were you just like sitting watching that uh, Minnesota series and just thinking, man, I hope this doesn't happen again as farce. That would be a bummer. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I actually do remember just on that. Uh, we were down three. Yeah, we were down three nothing, right? Uh, I think it or was. It, it wasn't. It's three one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think it's three one because three so nothing. We three nothing uh, is like that. Almost never happens. It was three one. <laughs> it was the first time a team ever came back from three one and beat a team and then lost in the next round in the same. Oh, oh beautiful Canucks records. Yeah, um, you it was three one. I was ten years old, and my mom. Yeah. I was with my mom at like the bay. And then she, and she, for some reason, was like, hey, let's buy you this Marcus Naslin shirt. 
uh, <laughs> which I gotta go. I really hope I still have that shirt. And then like the cashier uh, was like, "Oh, do you think the Canucks are gonna come back?" And like she looked really hopeful, and like you know she's talking to a ten year old. She like yeah, totally. wants to get wiped up. And I was like, "Nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> that rocks. That is how you like know." I just want the shirt. <laughs> That's such a, like, Canucks fan kid thing to, like, it's true. I had internalized by then that like, nothing good happened to the Canucks. So it's kind of funny. Like, there is this weird part of me that is like, no, the thing that would make the most sense would be, like, in this year where they just absolutely don't deserve to be there and, like, everything has been so messed up. Like, it would, the uh, the Vertanen's razor, uh <laughs> solution to um to the or end um conclusion to this playoffs would be for them to just like win the cup and, and honestly i'm i'm i don't often do this but i can lay out like a, a a scenario where it it could happen because like so okay here we go there's a few reasons why like i really do think this is going to be their best shot for a while and some of those reasons have to do with like the solo episode i did how how many problems are inevitably going to follow them after this like flat cap tons of expensive players no one for the most part like no one really wants them it's going to be hard to get rid of them um nothing coming down the pipeline all this stuff so like obviously that's going to make them have a hard time contending in the future but if we look at just the playoffs right now they've made it in because they had a really favorable matchup against the wild in in the play in round and then now when they're they're going to play the Blues and that's actually a pretty favorable matchup too in a weird kind of way because a the Canucks just played the Blues really well uh this time around like this um in the yeah. season series for whatever reason sometimes teams just match up well against other teams like like how Detroit beat Montreal three <laughs> times yeah you know like it just happens sometimes and then um the other reason is like the Blues looked like shit in the round robin, and part of me thinks they just don't really want to be there. And if they can get past the Blues um, because they don't want to be there, then it, it becomes like a question of like, okay, well, who's left? And, you know, if any of these teams pull off upsets and the Canucks end up playing like the Flames or the, the Yotes, like at that point, it just becomes like, well, why not? Right. I love the idea of right. these of these like St. Louis players like sitting around in the hotel, uh, talking to each other, like being a bit grumpy, and then being like, "Yeah, we don't want to be here. The city sucks. Doesn't even doesn't even have an arc." <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, let's go home. Um, just one second. I wanna I wanna look for something here because I sure. want to get the details right. That is such a good idea, Jackson. Though about like whenever something historic happens just be like man i hope this doesn't repeat itself except this farce (laughs) that's a very good joke (laughs) um i am totally willing to buy into the narrative that now the canucks went through this they went through this adversity quote adversity uh that and and like okay i'll just say this man like the way that those post-game videos came out of everybody hugging tanev I mean, Jackson, do you have the coldest heart in the world? Like, how did that not make you? How could you not be excited for these boys finding a way to celebrate once they got undressed? (laughs) (laughs) That was great. One thing that was that was great was just like 
that night I just was able to basically I'll tell you what I'm what I'm rooting for guys I'm rooting for uh my tweets to do extremely well and uh I got that in game four because I I was able to pull up a, a tweet I did from uh yeah from the last game of blues uh bruins in the stanley cup final where i was like just remember win or lose whatever happens all the players go back to their respective locker team uh locker rooms and fuck each other and uh and then chris tanev was like you know like oh, i'm sure we'll figure out something fun to do once we get undressed and i was just i just like put the two tweets by, side by side Perfect. and i was like uh, you know the classic like jeremy ronick again i am right in my analysis um, <laughs> but like um, the thing I was gonna say is I was just I, I wanted to get it get it right, um, but like there's this uh, sitcom trope that I know has been used in that '70s show. <laughs> I do want to hear smart you guy, this one out. Uh, yeah, where, smart guy. I remember that episode. Where so it, it, in in smart guy, it's like they want to win. There's a contest to win a car, and to win the car, you have to stay in the car longer than anybody else, right? And then there's stay a, inside or touch it. Stay inside the car. Yeah. And then the variant of it is on on the episode of that 70s show. Uh, Kelso has to keep his hand on yeah. the van yeah. for longer than anyone else. And that is to me like basically what this playoffs is going to be like. It's just going to be like who can stay in Edmonton the longest without going insane. <laughs> like Edmonton is the car in this situation. <laughs> And uh, it's just going to come down to like, like players are going to be in the hotel room just being like, I know a song that gets on everybody's nerves, everybody's nerves, everybody's nerves. <laughs> just trying to to drive the, uh, you know, singing John Jacobs Jingleheimer Schmidt over and over yeah. again to Ryan O'Reilly until he decides that he just like can't handle it anymore and wants to go home to his family. It, yeah, like uh, this entire thing is just throw away any conventional wisdom. So at this point, you really should be looking at it and going like, well, it, why not? Like, everything is so insane. And, I mean, we all, like, I think everybody, if they're being, like, honest with themselves, knows that, like, the Canucks aren't, like, setting aside what they can do in this playoffs. Like, they're not really set up to, like, they're not set up to be the Blackhawks from 2010 no. to 2015. They're not even, They're not set up to be even the Kings from... 2012 to 2014 hell they aren't even set up to be uh like the caps a team that like was really good and then just like finally did it like they're really the the arc that they're giving me right now is like they're reminding me of the 2015 flames or the 2014 avalanche where it's just like oh yeah like they're gonna go on this decent run and then everything is gonna come back down and and, and they're gonna like basically have to do a soft rebuild um, once they figure yeah. out that like it's not well no i mean that's my biggest fear about this team right is that they're gonna waste the first half of Pedersen and hughes because yeah. they're just gonna be like oh well we still have to deal with like the echoes of signing sutter and erickson yeah and and My well and myers who like was and myers who yeah. was bad in this first series like holy shit if that's what they're mm -hmm. gonna get from him over the next four years like it's going to be worse than I thought it was going to be. Like he, he was trash, but the, it was but, good. To, yeah. It was good that like the truth revealed itself about that. I was I, very yeah, happy for sure. That. Uh, but that's kind of like, there's a sort of weird, like peace in it for me at the same time, because it's like, yeah, look, if you're able to look at this, honestly, it's like, who's good. Well, the people that we all said would be good and who's bad. The people that we all said would be bad, except for Brandon Sutter, 
who was actually really good in round one, weirdly. Yeah, okay. Uh, the last two or three games, he was great. Yeah. He was great. And, uh, like, in so many different ways. Um, is Randon Sutter usually really good at the beginning of seasons? He's had some hot starts. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Because, like, people have tried to make me eat my words about him when he starts super hot, but... But the problem, oh. the problem with a lot of these players is just that is is less about the player and more about like what the contract is going to prevent you from doing with that money. Mm. And now we find ourselves in a situation where like all that stuff that people are arguing about all the time, like very literally does not matter for the next two months. Doesn't matter what any of these yeah. people are getting paid. Like yeah. it just matters if if they're good over the course of. So like if Brandon Sutter has a hot run doesn't mean that he's worth that money, but the money also doesn't matter for the length of the run, right? And so, yeah. you know, the the Sutter thing is interesting because it's just like, again, like him playing well doesn't disprove any any of the criticism that's been levied at him. But um, it's just... Sutter is a very effective player in limited minutes. Exactly. And as long as he plays those limited minutes, he's fine, but he's not worth the money he's being paid, but that doesn't matter in the playoffs. Yeah, and the other... I think another thing worth noting, too, is like... Nick Benino would be playing like at least as well, probably, right? Like that's the other that's yeah. the other thing. There's always there's always that other side of it where it's like, okay, just because you can just be it's okay, like another great example is like I didn't like the JT Miller trade at the time, but like that doesn't mean I hate JT Miller. It just means that I thought it was not a smart idea to trade an unprotected pick that could be a lottery <laughs> pick. That honestly was the biggest reason why I was like, okay, you're an idiot if you're not rooting for the Canucks to beat the Wild. If I was... That I was limits the downside of the JT completely trade. Completely convinced. Like, I was totally convinced that if they lost that series against Minnesota, I was going to be completely vindicated on the Miller trade. Because I was like, they're, they're going to lose... If they lose this series, like, they will suck next year and they will give up, like, a top 15 pick or something. Um, so the fact that they didn't is like huge for their medium term asset management. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even if you can't yeah. like even if you're one of those like hyper logic dork Canucks fans, you had a good reason to root for them. Right. Speaking of people rooting for the team, I got to say, I feel guilty saying this and having felt this. Yeah. But when the camera showed Jim Benning celebrating, I was really, really happy for him. That's funny. <laughs> The way that he celebrated, it wasn't like a, oh, finally he gets what he wants. It was just like, he he looks like such an oaf of an old man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was yeah. just so happy Do for you know him. what it was, honestly? Like, like, when I looked at, when they panned over and I saw him getting excited, and not just him, like everybody, under normal circumstances, I felt like I, I would have been like, oh, fuck, don't show me that guy. Like, I would have been like, fuck off. But it, but when I saw them, I was just like, oh, these are a bunch of people all just being like, we all just saved our jobs. <laughs> you know what Man, I mean? Man, like, you live such a cynical life. It's true, <laughs> though. It's true. Even how though it's do, true. How well, do you look at that reaction and not, like, that was not a reaction of, like, our boys did it. That was a reaction of, like. Oh, it's both. It's I'm, for sure both. Okay, yeah, I'm fair not enough. saying you're yeah. wrong, but it's for sure both. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fine. It's for sure both. But, and the other thing, too, is that because he's won around finally. Like, that might punch his ticket to enter, like, the infinite recycling of GMs. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, oh, the other thing, too, yeah. that... Uh, Maybe a, need to win a real round, but... Well, like, yes. Yeah. And that's the that's the other thing that's so funny about this is that, like, I talked about this a little bit on Locked On with Justin when I was on. But, like, there's also this weird side effect of, like, that wasn't a playoff series. <laughs> like, like it, was a, it was a different <laughs> thing. 
And um, and I, that's not me being like pedantic. It's more just like an observation on uh, what Justin said, which is that like this series against Minnesota was like the World Juniors. When Canada wins the World Juniors, it's like, oh, this is the greatest hockey tournament in the world. I knew our boys were going to do it. And then when Canada uh, loses in the World Juniors and like doesn't even make the medal round, it's like, well, the World Juniors are dumb anyways. <laughs> I never cared about them. And that is 100% what this was like. And so it's just the whole thing is so weird that I, I it's it's such it's such strange circumstances for it to be happening under that. Like, I think that coupled with all the other stuff I mentioned just makes it so hard to like feel anything towards it other than just like curiosity. Like I felt the same way when the Hurricanes won as I did with when Tanav won I was just, or when Tanav scored that goal I was just like ah cool that's nice I like those okay. guys I like those boys so I, I have a thought I want to run by when it comes to betting and sure. like especially when it comes up about like oh he gets to punch his ticket it's a little bit related to yeah the he gets to punch his ticket um, potentially be in the group of like 35 men who are allowed to become general managers <laughs> uh, in the current year where like you know, like the the premise of like a lot of our criticism is that if the Canucks win, then it win in the short term. Then it means Benning doesn't get fired. Benning yeah. continues to waste our assets and waste yeah. the careers of, of course. Quinn, Petey, and Brock. Now, what if there's a bit of a like okay, my best case scenario here, especially sure. if they like win a round or two. Yeah, which is a little bit frustrating, but it's that so Benning's here been been here for a long time. Whatever happens is here and will be remembered as a, as a success. I Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It, it will be easy to be spun as a success. And with the cap crunch stuff, it's quite likely, um, barring miracles, that they yeah. uh, that they suffer pretty badly next year. And yeah, it's like, more just a thing of like, it's not so much that, um, that oh, well, it's all going to come crashing down so much as it's like, well, how do they get better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how do we, how do we actually win? Which yeah, is the point. Like they can, yeah. they and, can maintain like this level of play over the next yeah. three or four years. But I just think under most circumstances, this level of play is like maybe enough to win a game or two in the first yeah. round. Yeah. And that that specifically is like the thing that I just have zero desire to repeat. Yeah. And that's Ab- that's what kills absolutely. me so much about the people that are so nostalgic for the West Coast Express era is that that was torturous. As yeah, a as a as a, a good fan team. as a child, like it just hurt. It was just a team that was just good enough that you would be like, okay, well, maybe if they win the first round, and then maybe if they play this team that's not that they match up against well, and then maybe if this team beats that team in that round, and then they, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? and then it's yeah. just like like there's no scenario where where it's not like 2011 where you're like this team is good, they could win, you know? Okay. It's, it's a yeah, different because 2011 is like your galaxy could be brain anyone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So. I'm going to bring us a couple of years between the West Coast Express and 2011. I'm sure. going to bring us to 2008. Okay. Uh, the year before that was 0607. Like we had not made the playoffs for a while. Yep. Uh, and then the Canucks overperform, arguably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, get in the playoffs and like it's really exciting. And like the team, the fans, the city, the media market as a successful year. And then the Canucks crash and burn the year after that. The kind of uh, context there. I think is something that we could find ourselves in 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 a year if we yeah. don't make the playoffs next year. Totally, yeah. Where the Aquilinis are like, okay, Benning, like, like, and I think the Aquilinis like Benning. 
they would approach that situation as like, you know what, Benning brought us to this point, but it's not enough to get over that hump and not enough to get to that point of success. That I actually, because like, okay, what I'm trying to say is like, we want a situation where Benning gets fired or like we'd like him gone, obviously. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, I, I hate to say I it, I think but it just that there's true, actually. Like, out, like a way through the way things have been going now that that still happens pretty soon um yeah like this almost accelerates it like now the expectation is going to be to make the playoffs exactly so yeah it doesn't exactly happen, then... this is a long-winded way of saying the expectations will rise after this year and then arguably i think a lot of people will be demanding at the end of next year and i'm predicting that we don't make the playoffs and yeah we have yeah. I, you know fuck i forget how the jt miller trade helps us next year um <laughs> it's all it's all I, settled now like, the JT Miller okay. trade settled. I mean, it's not completely settled, but basically Canucks are going to give up their pick in this year's draft, and all that's left to find out is is where that pick is. Right. And so right, and the, right. so the better they do, the more they win that trade, right? So yeah. That's yeah. all. that's all it comes down to. But they're giving but yeah, up, some, like, at worst, like the eight, 17th or 18th overall pick right, right, right. or something. So it's, yeah, it's done. Like, they're, they're good to go on that one. So that's where my head is at now, and yeah. I think it will continue to be held there until – uh, like whether like uh, depending on what how the Canucks do at the end of next year, totally. Where so what you're saying expectations is, are raised is the classic uh, the classic old El Paso com- commercial. Por qué no los dos? Why not? Both? Absolutely. I think yeah. we can have both. Yeah, it fair. I like all that. All depends though on how Wisebrod will House of Cards his like, <laughs> the situation here, yeah. and who management would hire after that. Yeah, um, I mean, I think there's a there's a real part. chance. To, I, I mean, okay, so the real like history repeats itself first as tragedy and then as farce is that. Um, okay, so let's. I'm gonna line this out. So, Benning builds a team with a core of a few good players, like good young players that are coming mm-hmm. into their own, and a great goaltender who carried them into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. but surrounds that group of players with a bunch of really dumb free agent signings that don't help at all. That team makes the playoffs, does well, uh, and then crashes and burns in the next season. And then the Canucks hire Lawrence Gilman. <laughs> and oh Lawrence Gilman takes them to the finals, but everyone says that it's because of the great all the great players that were drafted by Gillis and, I'll take it. and Benning. <laughs> <laughs> and then it has nothing it. to do with Lawrence Gilman, just like the same way that uh, people say that uh, Gillis's team was all because of the players that Burke and Nona's drafted. I'll take it and I'll fight Spencer Benning on Twitter to the death <laughs> over this. <laughs> yeah, Matt Benning just uh, just starts a Twitter account where he just talks about like every time, uh, you know, the Lawrence Gilman's Canucks like... Uh, you know, Elias Pettersson scores a great goal or whatever. He's like, ah, it's all th- wow, I thought my uh, dad sucked at drafting, eh? Or whatever. It's classic. Uh, yeah. So, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, I was going to yeah? say the exact same thing, but instead yeah. of uh, them hiring Lawrence Gilman, they hire yeah. a person who's never worked as a GM. Yes. A very forward thinker Ooh. from Ooh. a brand new rival of the Vancouver Canucks, and Ooh. we get Namita as GM. <laughs> oh! And then the exact yeah. same thing happens. Oh, that'd be amazing. Honestly, I thought, the, I thought you were going to say Judd at first. The th- the thing undoubtedly that I am the most happy about with all of this is just that like how good this is for Ryan Beach and yeah. um and how like like uh like that that's the stuff that I that I care about. If the Canucks win another round, I'm giving Benning zero credit and just giving Ryan Beach credit. 
Oh, 100%. Like, I'm I'm already ready to just, like, unload that one onto people and, and just I've be like, well... a name for our group of fans who basically just say that everything good that this team is doing is all because of Ryan Beach, and we're just going to be the Beach Boys? <laughs> yes, perfect. Uh, like his it. baby is probably a little bit too young to get a Twitter account, but, you know, we can... <laughs> we can do the, like, this... We can get, like, a steward to ha- hold a Twitter account and, like, take care of it until they grow of age. Dude, my favorite... Uh, my One of my favorite things ever was, like, uh, listening to the um, the Game Time Decision podcast way back in the day, which was actually, in my opinion, like, was and kind of still is sort of the best Canucks podcast of that type um, in the sense of just being, like, a classic analyze Canucks news and, like, have on Canucks guests and, like, not doing, like, our weird thing where we make fun of stuff or, like, real good shows thing where they were, like, not really a Canucks podcast but often talked about the Canucks. Or, like, the broadcast doing their, like, uh, misandrist, you know, uh, let's, uh, doing what uh, we do with, like, um, you know, dirtbag left expanded universe movies, except with, like, The Bachelor and Spice Girls. (laughs) Um, uh, I thought that their show was really great. And uh, one thing that I think, like, what planted the germ of, like, what if I just did a show where I just kind of, like, made really inside baseball jokes... Uh, about the Canucks was when I was listening to that show and um, Ryan's kid was like freaking out in the background and um, and Mike Paris started making this joke about what it would be like if bro Jake interviewed his kid on the radio and um, (laughs) (laughs) and like and like Mike Paris is like oh so uh, what do you think about uh, how the Canucks chances this year and then Ryan just does a impression of his kid and goes Bubbles, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then uh, Mike was just like, uh, oh, you know, they are kind of a bubble team this year. <laughs> he, he, did, he did a really good like bro Jake too, so it worked really well. But that's awesome. Yeah, shout out Man, to Ryan. Just, he's he's probably beaming a, right now. Yeah, hope, I hope so. Uh, what an era when Dave Pratt gets paired up with fucking bro Jake to run that show. <laughs> yeah. Like what a, what an abysmal period of time that was. So um, oh, why don't we just, uh, just to close things out here, just take a, a shot around the, um, the league here the league? and take a okay, look. At I just, I, I have a couple here. of just like, yeah. I had some notes and like, like it was really quick things That's to fine. pop off yeah. on. One really funny about how Vertanen was praised for that back check. And oh, now man. I don't like being the kind of guy who rips on Vertanen. I love the guy. <laughs> uh, but that one play where, where he did the back check, he was playing D on the power play. Yeah. He had yeah. to go back. Yeah. It's literally his job to do that. Because he, he was in the D position for, yeah. If he, the if thing he that was it, impressive it was that he bench. made it back. Like, is it, that did require some speed. Yeah, because he's fast. That's fair. He could have just yeah. attempted, like, yeah, he's fast, but also, like, I think Elliot and I recognize that, like, he may have not tried to actually, <laughs> like, he might not have put it in his, like, his best effort. Yeah. But he did that time. Because um, we do know he's fast. Um, that, I just want to say, too, that, uh, well, two things. One, Jake Furtanen, just complete and total non factor. <laughs> in that series and it was really funny that people freaked out so much that he was a scratch for game one uh and i think thing, he did enough uh, he, stuff he with scratched in the game though. that they lost yeah there you <laughs> yeah, go that's true yeah. but still eat your fucking heart uh, out bud and uh thing number two jake for back check does not hold a candle to jeff tambellini's back check <laughs> call me when uh when you can recreate that that's my opinion <laughs> uh other thing uh i was gonna say I love the radio wars. 
Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And I just got to relive the moment. I was taking, I was, I was like getting off the highway, listening to J-Pad, do all the call-ins at like 11 p.m. And this guy from like Maple Ridge or Prince George or, you know, insert BC name, uh, he was like, "Yeah, you'll love the show." I uh, just want to give a shout out to uh, old Corey Hirsch out, out there. Did a great play-by-play. Big fan. Like, he wasn't doing it ironically. Yeah. I don't think he was doing it ironically. That's funny for... he was legit giving like, him a shout-out. That's funny for, like, a dozen <laughs> reasons. It's so great. Like, wrong yeah. wrong guy and wrong station. Like, just... I, I just... Blew it completely. I, I wish I saw the look on, like, the broadcaster's face... Or the, yeah, radio guy's faces at the time. Because, like, they are quick to, like... uh how about you tell him that yourself and then just like basically cut him off yeah totally um but because you know they're just like oh we don't want to get in trouble with our bosses yes, but also course, i would clearly. have loved to see if they entertained it a little bit like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just kept baiting the guy into being like you call him the wrong station but yeah totally because because clearly the other guy knows how to turn the dial yeah right? or, oh, yeah. or maybe he just like remember maybe he listens to sn 650 um Sponsor of the show, by the way, um, and but remembers the TSN ten forty call in number. Yeah, yeah, it could be and something like, like that. Who knows? Yeah, I anyways, do think. Shout that, out to that guy. Like, I don't want to get into the radio awards too much because it's super inside baseball. But it is really no funny worries. to like. It's just so rewarding to see six fifty fail. Like, and I, I say that like I know people who work there that I like, like multiple people, not just Justin. Like, I really like Sat. That's a guy I know personally. Um, there's other people too that I'm forgetting, like that I just can't think of off the top of my head. But like I know people that work there. Yeah, I can't think of a single person other than Sat at six fifty that we like. Oh, I mean <laughs> I, I also used to really like John Jang. We're somehow I used to get... gonna get a DM from Justin about that before the episode comes out. <laughs> and <laughs> I used to like I used to get invited on on their station and stuff sometimes and like you know but it's it's just it's mostly just the hubris of thinking that anything about what they were doing was gonna work like just having your flagship guy be andrew walker and having his whole thing be canucks fans are suck and i hate them it's just like how how did you think that was gonna go like yeah and 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 the fact that the canucks are doing well and everyone is still like yeah fuck you it rocks like i love it so much (laughs) um but the the um the one last thing i also just wanted to say on that um on that tip is i think it was ron mclean who said brandon sutter was the reason that elias Pettersson clearly learned some things from brandon sutter or whatever (laughs) can we please not do this and or even just um there was the i think it was Riccio or somebody saying like in the game where Myers took three penalties like I actually think Myers has been really good tonight and it's just narratives that's the reason why people think he's bad why do you have to do this like why (laughs) why are you so dedicated to carrying water for management that you're literally like pointing out things that are bad that and calling attention to them when you could just be like do the Jason Botchford thing where you just tweet Elias Pettersson and everyone freaks out. You know, like, like why would you focus in on these players that are divisive when you could just talk about like the stuff that literally everyone is in agreement right about right now, like how fucking good Quinn Hughes is or whatever. But yeah, join the party. Um, I did just want to quickly, uh, before we end here, jump around the um, yeah. uh, the round one matchups and just talk a little bit about um, about some of the teams here. Blue Jackets are going to play the Lightning again, which rocks. 
Yep. Uh so happy to see Torts uh get that get that win. I don't yeah. know why I like the guy so much, but I do. And um I mean I really If you do... want reasons for why to like him, uh go over on and donate to uh the Patreon. That's Roxyfever.com right. slash Patreon. No, nope, patreon.com slash Roxyfever. Really important <laughs> that people not try the other one, because that won't work. Um, <laughs> if we knew how to do the internet, we probably could make roxyfever.com slash Patreon point to patreon.com slash roxyfever, but none of but us know, know how, how the that. internet works. <laughs> Obviously, uh, uh, was really happy to see the Hurricanes beat the uh, Rangers, and they will be playing the Bruins. Um, I think it's very obvious who we will be pulling for in that one. There's some boring ones here. Uh, shout out to the Yotes, though for uh for mo- for beating the preds and moving on to face the avalanche uh can i get an awu going in the chat that's what, hap- that's what happens when you bring out the kachina yeah yeah congrats to audrey bowler for that one um yeah, yeah it's it, this has been fun so far like i'm i'm excited to kind of see like there are some nice little cult favorite uh teams that are that are moving along here and i'm uh i just i would love to see the oats continue to Defy the odds, especially in a postseason where they have no general manager. That would rule. Um, oh, yeah. Truly, no GMs, chaos. no gods, no masters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Truly the, the most chaotic uh, result would be if the Coyotes won uh, after all the Cheka stuff. Just watching everybody, like, suddenly have to situate, like, why they won. <laughs> you know? Just, like, all the uh, all the analytics people just having to be like, uh, actually, the Chekas are good. And all the uh, um, uh, hockey men people having to be like, uh, it's because of... Um, Brad Peterson's leadership. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, no... Uh, that, would be, that would be really tough for them. Um, <laughs> and then I've just discovered this, but, like, I think my new team is the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> Because they're like I'm the team that I get the most excited about. Um, I just really uh, like I really like all their players. I don't know, they're 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 just fun. I like it when the Finnish man skates fast. Yeah. <laughs> I just am curious about mm-hmm. the next series, Elliot. Did you have anything you want to talk uh, about? Yeah, good call on the next series. I'm excited for the Pedersen Bennington matchup. Ah, uh, Calder yes. 2019 <laughs> version two. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, I'll be. I'm excited to uh, retweet all of Jordan ben- Bennington's tweets from when he was 17. Uh, that's gonna be my re- morning rough. routine. Um, I'm excited to finally find out who peed on his backpack. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I think like it's gonna be really interesting to sort of see like, you know, are the Blues good enough to overcome all the like galaxy brand reasons you can come up with why they wouldn't want to, why they wouldn't give a shit about this series. And, and is it going to shake out like the season series did where the Canucks like match up pretty well against them? Yeah. The part that gives me more confidence is less that part, the season series and more just how they played against Dallas clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause Dallas was missing a couple of good players yep. as far as I, yeah, they had heard. a couple of injuries and, and St. Louis was bad through the round robin like like capital b bad like they were outshot something like they were outshot by like at least two to one like it was really bad um in all their round robin games so like it's gonna be weird to see like can they just turn it right back on or is it gonna Mm -hmm. be or is it gonna be that thing that people constantly talk about that's not necessarily true but does happen sometimes where uh 
a team just coasted to the end of the year and can't turn it back on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm prepared for this to be a tough series. Playoff it's you know, playoffs always are, are never gonna be easy. Um a lot can happen in seven games. Uh I are we ready for predictions? I don't have a prediction on how the series will turn out, but I will say I'm not confident for game one. I think the Canucks overconfidence and the market's overconfidence. I can totally just see naturally that. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, at least like we give up the first. Do we want to just something. close off with, with predictions for each series? Sure. That might be fun. Sure. Okay, cool. Let's do it. So uh, round one, Blue Jackets, Lightning. Who are your pick? Who, do you, who you got? Brad Marchand think- says something racist on Twitter. That's not even oh, the right series. I, I, I have had the base slaying the dragon. <laughs> I said blue jackets oh. in the lightning. <laughs> did you did you just hear blue jackets as Bruins, or do you think Brad Marchand plays for the Tampa? I Bay heard. Lightning? I heard. I just heard B, and I thought. I thought. Okay. I hear in the alphabet on like NHL.com, whatever. SD Bruins first, and I thought it was going to come up first. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I have Tampa slaying the dragon. Okay. Okay. It's okay. Blue Jackets versus Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Stamkos and Hedman are out. That's. I, think so. I didn't know that one made this decision, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> okay. I, that makes me do Jackets and six. Okay. I'm gonna say BJ is in seven, and uh, I, not only am I gonna say that, I'm gonna say Blue Jackets are my pick for the cup. Um, mm. Because I think they're there. They're, I think the Blue Jackets are the best team that have a reason to play. Yeah. Um. And I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of. Oh man, like, that's good. They have something to that's prove. And I think most of these other teams either don't or don't want to be there. But the Blue Jackets are a. They're pretty good. And B, they want to win. Like, and I, I know the whole like they, they just don't want it enough thing is bullshit. Ninety. 9.9% yes. of the time. But this year, when you're stuck in the car contest, contest car that is Edmonton or Toronto, um, I think it matters. I think yep. h- how much you want it matters. And so I'm going to say, I'll just call the shot right now. Blue Jackets for Stanley Cup, baby. Uh, okay. Good one. Uh, Flames, Stars. I have the Flames. I have no justification for any of these picks, but I'm pay- taking the Flames. I am also going to take the Flames, but I think the Flames... Ooh, Flames in five. I'm going to take the Stars in six, mainly to be different, but also because, like, the Stars were better this year. So I just, I won't overthink it. Um, Hurricanes, Bruins. Hurricanes. How have the Bruins been this season? Really good. But they have only one line. Yeah, but... It's that And they line. made the final last year. I'm yeah. going to take the Bruins for this one. I think the Bruins in six. I have to go with my heart and say yeah. Canes in seven um, because I love them too much. Although my head says take the Bruins. But you know what? The Hurricanes knocked off the champs. So if they can knock off the champs, they can knock off the Bruins. So, yeah. Um, this is an easy one. Blackhawks, Golden Knights. 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 Easy. Yeah, in four or five. Knights yeah, and, like, if um, I have to give a games, I'm going to say five, just because I think Taves and Kane will pull a game out of their ass. But... Like, they'll figure one, yeah. Why yeah, did totally. Chicago beat the Oilers? Like, what was it about that? Because the Oilers have two players. 
Okay, they, but like literally Chicago has two and a half players. Yeah, but yeah. was it honestly better defense? The smart, the smart answer. No, the smart answer is uh, Mike Smith. The Oilers mm. decided to dress Mike Smith. Yeah. Wait, who else yeah. did they have, by the way? Who's their other goalie? Yeah, Koskinen. Mm. Miko Koskinen. Yeah, right. He is you, Mike Smith. A is like eighty years old, and B he uh, sucks. So it was a very <laughs> weird decision. He was good for two years, like twenty years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm, he's I'm like Trevor Nights and I'm doing Nights and Five. Word. Um, Islanders caps. Caps five. Caps. Uh, what are the Islanders like this year? Uh, they're a uh, they don't they're like Tavares. a trap team. They're like the uh, the Ooh. New Jersey Devils of the nineties. Oh. Uh, but not as caps, good. Caps weren't as good this year, right? They were fine. They, they were, were fine. not quite as good as they usually are, but they were good enough to uh, to be in the round robin. I'm I'm stuck here. Ov performs well in Toronto. We know that. <laughs> but I think it's going to be the Islanders in okay. six. I like it. I'm going to yeah. say yeah. I'm going to say the reverse and say Capitals in six. Okay. Um, Coyotes Avalanche. Oh, that's it's got to be Colorado for me. I it I don't see a Colorado. Yeah, I think Colorado takes head, it. Head How says, could the Coyotes beat the Avs? I, yeah, exactly. Head says uh, Avalanche in five. Heart says Yotes in seven. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean it's it's like like the Avs are. This is one of those situations where like if the Yotes pull that one out. It will be the upset of all upsets because the Avs are arguably the best team in the West, and the Coyotes are like pretty inarguably the worst. So, other, than the, really... other than the Hawks, who are who are utter trash this year, what a record would it would be to set to win a playoff series without a general manager? It would be so cool. Like it, it, it really yeah. is the only team that the abs could have played where i would root against them because i like the abs a lot. <laughs> yeah um, the abs were really fun to watch but yeah it's the abs for me too four canadians uh flyers flyers they've been dominating yeah. so far i'm gonna say flyers oh. in four okay how the hell so how did the habs win in against pittsburgh a pittsburgh just blew it like they they just couldn't <clears throat> people say it was carry price but it was also just like they just couldn't get it together Mm. Oh man! Although apparently it the really, Habs have good underlying numbers. That's it really sucks to see the Habs. Like, like, Habs really kind of, good. That's true. Yeah. It, it really sucks to see the Habs have this kind of success when fans can't be in the building. Yeah. Like I love watching the Habs do well on like really heated games. Just sure. the yeah. the atmosphere looks amazing. Yeah. But yeah, Flyers. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to gamble the Flyers, like, do sweep. No, five. Flyers and five. And then the Habs get one good game. And they get it early. Yeah. Fair. I think that's entirely fair. And, finally, Canucks Blues. Canucks and six. Oh, I was going to... I have no... I just think it's... It seems like the Canucks played the Blues really well this year. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything because otherwise it would be the Rangers and the Bruins, but. I'm saying Canucks in, in five only because Elliot already said six. <laughs> okay, well, I, I have to. Unfortunately, I was going to say Canucks in seven, but it's just too. 
I can't have all three of us say the Canucks because especially when I'm like, (laughs) like I am like 51 49 on this one. And I do think that like people should really not be underestimating the defending champs. So I will say blues, but I will say blues in seven because I do think that the Canucks will, will give them a run for their money. Yeah. I also think that if you predict someone's going to win a series in seven games, and they lose it in seven games versus if they win in six, those are equally close, like, predictions, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, the, the, it's it's one of those things where it's, like, normally guessing how many games it's going to go doesn't count for shit, but it does yeah. if you say it's going to go to seven. Yes. Then, it, then, it, then, you're, then, you, get, then you get points. Uh, I went... Uh, I went... We didn't uh, end up... We ended up losing the episode where we did our uh, play-in predictions, but... I ended up going three and five on mine, and and the reason why I think is just because uh, I I picked the Panthers over the Islanders, which like n- I just wanted to pick one underdog, and that was the one that like I wanted the most, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean predictions are always you know you never do well, like no, you always eat shit. So uh, you know I look forward to being wrong about all of this uh, as I am all the time. Um. This was a fun one, boys. Yeah. It's nice to be actually talking about I, like hockey again. I, yeah, it'd be nice if the Canucks won more. Yeah, it would be. Um, yeah. <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at McDonald. You can follow me at Vyasaran. You can follow me at Moose Kayak. Definitely follow the pod at Roxy Fever because that's basically Vyas's account now. Um, <laughs> the pod is Vyas's just... account for hockey. It's yeah, it's his yeah. account for hockey because he's too much of a bitch to post hockey stuff on his van. Um uh, uh, I'm nodding, to the show I'm nodding, but I'm not saying yes. Patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. I really can't like speak highly enough, honestly, of the content on there. It's good. Um if you like our bullshit, the stuff you're getting on the Patreon feed is all of our bullshit with no frills whatsoever. We just did a really fun episode on the tour tier and the line brawl. And, you got to um, listen to that episode. That was so much fun. And I'm going to be uh, um, throwing up the uh, the poll for uh, determining what we're going to do next uh, or this month, I suppose. And uh, I have I kind of have a feeling which one's going to win, and I think it's going to be really appropriate, but I, I won't Sick. say anymore. Um, in the meantime... I, I won't get you to direct hate mail anywhere uh, because it's it's positivity season, baby. I know. Shocker. Yep. Uh, send your hate mail to Ron McClain for being an idiot. <laughs> there you go. Mean. He's back. Send that photo of Ron McClain's face photoshopped onto naked Brad Marchand to at Ron McClain on Twitter. Oh, <laughs>